but we welcome you here. And uh, on this special day, which is Palm Sunday, we celebrate this, the beginning of Holy Week, the beginning of Christ's Passion. Uh, and uh, it's an exciting time for me. Easter uh, never ceases to absolutely thrill me because of what all has happened. You know, I, I said and I say before that we, we don't believe in Easter Bunny and all of that stuff. I mean, if you want to buy a chocolate bunny, that's up to you. But it really uh, is, has nothing to do with the resurrection of Christ. And so we turn to what the real meaning of it is. And the title of my message today is Behold He Comes. You know, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord is what the people cried out when he rode that donkey on the way up to Jerusalem, the ascent to Jerusalem. And it was on the Palm Sunday that is remembered of the day when he fulfilled that prophecy that was given 400 years before he came on the scene, before this happened. And it's taken by an Old Testament prophet by the name of Zechariah. Zechariah verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 9 says this, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, some people say, if you're not familiar with Scripture, and uh, that, that doesn't make sense. And what he's doing is, is prof- prophesying uh, in the Old Testament, 400 years before Christ came on the scene, of what was going to take place on the week of his passion. And Zechariah 9.9 simply testifies and prophesies that the king of the Jews, your king, daughter of Zion, daughter of Jerusalem, all of the Jews, is that your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, that he has come to bring you the message and the word and the power of salvation of your souls, the forgiveness of sin. And he's coming lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, a foal of the donkey. Now, I want to tell you today that you must understand that they, even though Gentiles sometimes may misunderstand and not understand what this is, but the, the Jewish people and every Jew would know about Zechariah's messianic prophecy. And that's why the crowds hailed Jesus as their king, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord in Matthew 21, 9, when this was fulfilled. Jesus is the true Davidic Messiah and king fulfilled every aspect of the prophecy of his coming. And God has been uh, revealing through the Holy Spirit generation after generation to as many has been born since that day, since his death, the revelation of who Christ is and the revelation of knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ that he has given us the authority in his spirit and he has given us that anointing and the call of God to be witnesses to his death, burial, resurrection, and to salvation through the blood of Christ. We stand here today in the 21st century, and that prophecy is still ever-present. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He was not the King of kings and Lord. He always is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is always supreme. He is always above all things. He is the head of the church, and we are his body. Somebody say amen that he is supreme, that there is none like him. There is none who can match his worth or his value or of who he is or can match his power or his anointing. There is none other who has provided a method and a way of eternal salvation except Jesus Christ. John Gospel chapter 14, Jesus declares absolutely that I am the way, the truth, and the life, 
and no one can come to the Father except through me. He also said that I am the gate that leads to the sheepfold. Anyone comes up a different way is the same as a thief and a robber. You got to go through the gate. You got to go through the door. You got to go through Jesus Christ. There is not salvation in Islam through Muhammad. There is not salvation through Buddha. There is no salvation through doing of good works. Even trying to keep the law is futile. We must have faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. He alone can forgive sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness and make us right with God. There's a significance here to Jesus riding a donkey, an animal, a, a, a burden of be, a bearer of burdens, uh, in, in essence. And uh, Isaiah chapter 9, 6, that he shall be called the Prince of Peace. It's a symbol of peace. That Jesus uh, came in peace, to bear peace. He didn't come riding on a war horse, as kings would do when they rode in. Now, can I tell you that in the book of Revelation, when the second coming takes place, Jesus will be coming on a war horse. He will be coming with a flame of fire in his eyes. He will be coming with ten thousands of his saints, as Jude put it, and it simply means innumerable. He couldn't count them. Impossible to do so. But when Jesus came, born humbly in a small town in Bethlehem, in the midst of probably poverty, and certainly uh, born under uh, circumstances that were not to his benefit in society. Uh, and certainly uh, many people didn't understand the significance of a virgin birth that the Holy Spirit had impregnated by miraculous means the, uh, the Virgin Mary uh, to give birth to the Son of God. But in Revelation, he comes back as a conquering king. He comes back riding a horse of war. And Jesus came on a donkey as a symbol of peace. In ancient, uh, in the, uh, Mark Boda explains this. He says that in the ancient Middle Eastern world, leaders rode horses if they rode to war, but donkeys if they came in peace. 1 Kings 1.33 mentions Solomon was riding a donkey on the day he was recognized as the new king of Israel. He was coming in peace. And he was coming also to inherit the peace that David, uh, his father, had fought and prepared him for to inherit. The symbolism here illustrates that uh, this is a description of a king who would be righteous and having salvation. Uh, one who would be gentle. One who would be gentle in his behavior and his uh, attributes. Rather than writing to conquer, this king would enter in peace. In fact, uh, Zechariah 9.10 goes on to say uh, and highlights this piece. He says that I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. He will rule uh, and extend his rule from sea to sea and from river to the ends of the earth. Jesus came as the Prince of Peace and he will be the Prince of Peace uh, when he establishes his eternal kingdom after the events uh, detailed in Revelation. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And can I tell you something? He brings peace to troubled people. There's people who are troubled with many things. There's people who are troubled with their consequences of their sin. I, I know of, uh, be very careful because this is personal to me, but I know of a young man um, who is planning 18 years old and secretly planning to try out all kinds of things once he gets away from home and his parents. And this is nobody in this church, but I got a call from his, his friend. And pastor, I'm really worried about 
this young man. He's my friend. We've been friends our whole life, but he wants to try some things out. And can I tell you that, as I shared with this young man, that uh, I tried a lot of those things out. And when I was young, and I backslid and I turned away from God, and I put myself in a position by my choices to become a very, very troubled young man. When I, when I reached out to do everything that I knew God was not pleased with, I, I thought I was free, but it all it did was bring me into bondage. And I became very troubled. I became uh, suicidal. And I remember, as I shared with this young man, I was so troubled that I didn't know how deep into sin I was getting. I didn't understand spiritual warfare or didn't understand the devil or anything like this. Didn't understand God very much, except I knew that I trusted him as Savior a few years earlier uh, when I was in my right senses to do so and my wrong senses to walk away from him. But I shared my story, and I never shared this before is that there came a time my sister and I were living, I was 17, we were living in an apartment, a new apartment complex, uh, you know, sharing two-bedroom apartment, and, and I was home alone that night. I was always partying, going out in uh, drunkenness and reveling around and everything else. And this, I got home and everybody's gone. Usually we are at our apartment or we go somewhere else, and nobody was there, and I thought, well, you know, I'll just stay home. And it was a kind of a, a depressed mood I was in. And I got uh, a bottle of Jack Daniels down from the cabinet I kept it in and poured myself a glass. And instead of drinking it, I just stared into the glass. Stared into the glass. And I don't know how much time had passed, but probably a couple of hours at least. And I was not aware of the time passing because I went into a trance. Just staring. No thoughts, nothing, just empty. And finally I came to myself and I thought, oh, what am I doing? I got up and thought, well, I'll go to bed. I went in very late, went in and got in my bed, shut my bedroom door and uh, went to bed and dozed off only to be awakened, violently awakened and shaken by, and this may weird some people out, but this is what happened, is I found myself laying on my, in my bed and a violent and evil presence came and I, my, I was thrown out of my body, my spirit. I know that now. I didn't know it then. And I remember being thrown up to the corner above the door going into the hallway. And I was shaken and I looked down and saw my body. This was not a dream. Saw my body and I thought, knew enough about Christ, knew enough about salvation that I knew, oh my God, I'm dying and I'm going to go to hell. And I lunged back in. I don't know how I did it, but lunged back into my body. I remember suddenly jolting and I'm awake and only to be thrown violently back out again towards the chest of drawers. And all I could think about was my temple's going to hit that sharp corner. And instead, it just kind of bounced off and out. And at that point, I was so terrified that in my spirit, my spirit man, I cried out to Jesus and said, oh, Jesus, help me. And just like that, I'm back in and I sit up and you know what I did? The next night I went to church. I, I knew, I knew that this was the end. I mean, I, ca I can't go this direction. And I'm not saying that happens to everybody, but I was a troubled young man. Came from a troubled home and a violent home and a home of abuse. And I made wrong choices. And we take so many wrong choices, we go so many steps away from God. And we open ourselves up to the enemy and his working in our life. That terrified me. It, it, you want to put it this way, and I'm not being profane, it scared the hell out of me. 
literally. And I ran to God, and he opened his arms to me. And he took me back, and he cleansed me, and he washed me, and he filled me with his Holy Spirit, and he called me into the ministry, which none of that I deserved. I felt like the prodigal son who had come home after living in a pig pen. And all I'm worthy of, God, is just to be your servant, to be a slave in your house. And he put a ring on my finger, shoes on my feet, and he called me his son. And he embraced me as filthy as I was. He embraced me, and he walked me back into his household. Not as a servant, but as a son. And I'm just telling you, if you're out there today and you're troubled, you're troubled about many things. You've made wrong choices. You've turned in the wrong direction. You've made foolish choices. You can turn back to God and run into his arms. His arms are open for you. Open for you because the second thing Jesus did, he was revealing himself as our burden bearer. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says this, Then Jesus said, Come unto me. Listen to this. Look at it. Come unto me. Come to me. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He will give you rest. He'll take your burden and bear it for you, and he will give you rest. And then he goes on to say, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. He takes the heavy burden and gives you a light load to carry. Listen, the baby Jesus was born in humility. And remember a donkey carried a poor pregnant mother named Mary all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And now this little boy who was born is riding a donkey up to Jerusalem. The son of David, the king of kings and lord of lords, who would not receive the, the crown. Instead, he received a crown of thorns. He didn't receive a throne, but he was nailed to a cross. Less than a week later, when the people were praising him one day and trying to crown him, they were crying, crucify him the next. When Herod offered to release a prisoner to them, trying to get them to choose Jesus, he's your king, give us Barabbas. He was rejected. He suffered rejection for us so that we could experience the ultimate acceptance from God the Father into his household, into his family, into the kingdom of God to be identified with him. Luke 10, 33-34 says, But the Samaritan, a Samaritan, he travels about the Samaritan, good Samaritan, came when he came by, he was riding by, he saw a man, and when he saw him who was beaten and robbed and left for dead, took pity on him, and he went and bandaged up his wounds, pouring on the oil and the wine. And then the man put the man on his own donkey, there's that donkey again, and brought him to the inn and took care of him. It's a beautiful picture of Jesus. We were battered and broken and bleeding, left for dead by the devil and by our own choices. And the good Samaritan, the Lord Jesus Christ, comes along. He puts us on his donkey and he carries us and takes care of us and heals us. First Peter chapter 5, 6, and 7 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And listen to this. This is the point. That you can cast all of your care on him. You know why? 
because he cares for you. Have you ever gone somebody and you said, you know, tell them your burdens and your, your grief, and you can just tell they really don't care? You know, I don't care, but listen to me. There is one who cares. His name is Jesus, and he's only a prayer way that you can call on his name. So will you lift your voice to the Lord and release your burdens and let him give you peace? Uh, will you trust in him? Because he will heal broken hearts and heal men wounded spirits when we humble ourselves and allow him to pour in the oil and the wine. He wants to heal us. He wants to minister to us. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord Jesus, Lord, uh, there's people here today that are troubled, that are hurting. Lord God, that some in bondage, in bondage to choices they had made. Lord, never realizing when they made a choice, Lord, that it would enslave them. And so, God, we know that you're the emancipator of slaves, that you are the one who redeems us off the slave market of sin, that you take us into your arms and you release us into perfect liberty. And so, God, today I pray for those that are here that may be struggling. And, Lord, I pray a blessing on them of release. I'm going to continue to pray, but uh, in closing, I would like you to, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'd just like prayer for me. I'm struggling with an issue. Would you just stand? I'm not going to point you out and embarrass you, but I would like you to stand so that I can recognize you and pray specifically for you. Would you stand? Anyone who wants to receive Christ as Savior today, stand as well. You can see standing up. I'm praying for you. Amen. All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, there are people who struggle, uh, people who need your help, people who need deliverance, people who need, Lord, uh, just a word, Lord, from you, Lord, that things are going to be okay. Lord, as they struggle, Lord God, you are struggling with them and for them. That, Lord, when they last cast their care on you, Lord, Lord, you lift their burden and give them your easy yoke. And so, God, I pray a blessing on each and every person here today for your spirit and your love and your power to be released to them. And, Father, we rejoice this week, Lord, looking and uh, walking through each day of the passion of Christ our Lord. And, Lord, we pray your blessing on each and every person for the revelation of Christ, of the Holy Spirit, of Christ, and all that he has done for us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.